Hello and welcome to Open School of Business. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Josh Tapp. He's the owner of TheLuckyTitan.com and he's helping entrepreneurs to connect uh, and to have this open collaboration projects that uh, he's going to start talking about in a minute. Hi Josh and welcome to um, my podcast. Uh, I'm very um, interested in how you started this journey and uh, what is your value proposition to the entrepreneurs today? I love that. Well, thanks for having me on. And I, I really do love coming on podcasts and talking about this. You know, it's, it's something that's really important to me as an entrepreneur. It's, and as a person, you know, it's, it's my calling. And so really the lucky Titan, everything that, that we are about, you know, our value proposition, we don't even really have a, what I would call a, a typical value proposition. Really we have a mission and our, and our whole mission is to reconnect entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm out there to kind of kill the solopreneur stigma because, you know, coming from a Facebook ads background and, and understanding I could run ads and make certain amounts of money, but I would do it all by myself, you know, in my office, all by myself, running ads or what have you, but then transitioning to a model where all we do is partner with people. We don't even focus on spending money. Honestly, it's all just, it's collaboration and everything changed for us, you know, and, and I know that it's a process that's evergreen. It's not a, a tactic. It's more of a long-term strategy and a principle of doing business that really helps to, to grow and succeed. Yes, I love that you brought up collaboration because that's one of my favorite topics that I always talk and ask uh, successful guests who come on this show uh, to give me an example of their collaboration versus competition tactics. And uh, if you see most of the time, really successful people are really skilled collaborators. Right. Um, and. Uh, it's funny you said about solopreneurs because I was a fan of this another podcast called Indie Hackers and right. it's all about solopreneurs and how they make uh, their talent into some kind of value proposition for people. Um, but I think it, even that Indie Hackers movement now they have a, a website where you collaborate with other Indie Hackers um, and then it's still it's still collaboration and no one made it on their own kind of thing. Uh, so the next question is how exactly um, do you do that? What tools do you use for getting entrepreneurs reconnect? Um, and is it like a social media space? Um, just describe more about what do you have? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, so I, I want to also caveat what, what you were just saying, you know, to kind of build on what you were talking about. I think as entrepreneurs, we've we've misconstrued the conception of of what a solopreneur actually is because people think, oh, I have to do it all on my own. But being a solopreneur means you don't have any employees, right? You just do contract work or you partner up with other people because you can become a millionaire without ever having to hire an employee in today's world. It's, it's very simple for in a lot of, I mean, there's thousands of different ways that you could make it happen, especially in the online world. But when it comes to collaboration, we have a pretty specific method that we use and we, we actually have four core um, joint ventures that we like to do. So we have what's called a social loop. We have the, the, the grand tour is what we call it or a pod swap, whatever you want to call it. Then we have a giveaway and we have a summit. You've probably heard of, of all four of these types of joint ventures because it's not a new concept that we've created. I just for myself have found that these are the quickest ways to start partnering with some of the top tier entrepreneurs out there. 
um, I know, you know, as a Facebook ads agency, when I first started, my biggest struggle was saying, how can I get people like Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or John Lee Dumas to even give me the time of day, right? Because I'm like, I have no real background. I don't have any super um, big accolades where I can come to them, right? And what I found is that it doesn't matter how far you are along. All you have to do is have a platform for them to stand on. So the first thing I tell every single entrepreneur is you need to have your own platform where you can interview people just like an ours doing here, right? You know, being able to interview somebody on a podcast is my personal favorite way because it's, it's simple, it's effective and it's free. You could do all of this without having to spend a single dime and you can spend money to speed up the process if you want. But for me, honestly, we still don't even really have to spend much money. We just interview people on our podcast, but other places that you can do that. I mean, you could interview them for a book. You could interview them for a YouTube channel. You could interview them on your Facebook page, your podcast or what have you, right? Any, any sort of place where you can poke their status button. Does that make sense? So yeah, I think that's a really great technique. Uh, and we had some interviews uh, on this podcast as well about writing a book. And a lot of people have that idea that, you know, they prefer writing their own experience and their own research. But also I've seen that I've been part of this collaboration myself just recently. One of my uh, project management fellows uh, was looking for uh, what it's called call for um article and right. if you get through their editorial uh board you get to get published so they managed to do a whole book with amazing project management experts uh in about 30 days that's how long it took them to publish the whole book and it's out on amazon it's called project less project manager which is funny because it's very relevant to the COVID-19 impact on the industry. Right. A lot of people had to adapt and change the way they work. A lot of people had to actually look for another job very quickly. And meanwhile, they were doing their own side hustles. So like all that experience, all that knowledge is so diverse. And as a single author, you can never achieve that type of content by yourself so this is like one of the examples for the books and um, considering that what you have in your um, tool set is very similar where you get expertise of people through the podcast interviews and then um, all these entrepreneurs can talk to each other and think about different projects to do together right yeah. Well, and you bring up a really good point because, you know, we talk about getting in the door with really high level entrepreneurs. If you bring somebody onto a podcast, for example, you, you can schedule an hour with them. I mean, sometimes I've, I've literally sat down with a billionaire before for an hour because I was bringing them on my show where if I just said, Hey, can I take you out to coffee or something? They're not going to do that 99% of the time. Right. Right. It's or not bringing got, value to them. Because right. It's not bringing a value to them. There. And, and yeah. for us, what we found is if you can make your interview about 20 minutes, you can get to know them first, then you can interview them. And then after that, you can actually start to talk about how can we collaborate, right? You don't try to sell them. You want to bring people on your show who are people who have your ideal customers, right? And they have an audience and you're just collaborating with them saying, Hey, this is what we're doing. And you know, I'll give you an affiliate commission or something if you promote us. And, and for us, we've seen that that method works the best. Um, 
it's, it's a very simple process because what's really interesting is they, they then relate the experience, the great experience they had with you as you're a really amazing person, right? So you all of a sudden achieve a status that's equal to theirs. It's really cool because there's actually a whole psychological principle around this, but I'm not going to go usually into depth with it, but. Oh, I think I'd love to hear that. We we like a lot of detail in this episodes um, because mostly they run about up to 40 minutes. So. There we go. Let's go into it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) See, some people interview me. It's like, we have 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, we got to go through this quickly. (laughs) Um, But so there's a psychological principle with people that um, we always, we either feel that we are ahead of somebody or we are behind somebody. And it doesn't, it doesn't always, it's not rude. It's not mean. It's not you being biased. It is, it's just a human nature to say fight or flight, right? I, I either know that I'm stronger than this person or I know that I'm weaker than this person. And as an entrepreneur, you don't ever want to structure yourself as above somebody else if you're trying to work with them, right? If you're like, hey, I'm cooler than you, so come collaborate with me, no. But if you also position yourself as beneath them, they're gonna be like, okay, why, right? Why would I work with you? But if you, if you come to them at their level and you say, let, let me interview you, all you have to do is get them to talk about what they're passionate about, which is not hard. I mean, you're doing it to me, right? And you can literally ask two questions to an entrepreneur and then shut your mouth and they'll, they'll go for days, right? And this is across any industry. I mean, you could do this, use this in any industry. And we found that as you do that, right? So as you're, you're pulling that, um, that's, I, I say, I call it poking the status button, right? Because you're helping them feel cool in front of an audience. They automatically associate that good feeling with you. And it will stick with them forever. It's the craziest thing. Even if you don't talk to them for years and you're like, oh yeah, you came on my show. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. And they <laughs> automatically associate you at their level. They don't associate you as above them or beneath them, but they've brought you to their level. And yeah. that and can happen. And also you're doing them, um, you're bringing them to a new audience and it's like being friends. You're basically being the producer of that person for 30 minutes. Yeah. showing all the sites that are interesting about them. So that, that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a great thing because a lot of you might be saying at this point who are listening, well, I don't have an audience, right? I don't have a single person, but one of the methods that we love to use is when you, um, let's say you want to launch, you're saying, okay, I want to start interviewing really cool entrepreneurs. You could start a podcast. They have no idea how many listeners are listening to your show at all right but there's this really cool thing um in your in your, if you have a samsung a google pixel or an iphone any of those phones basically have a function within their contacts where you can upload that contact list into your facebook linkedin instagram any social media right and pretty much everybody has around a thousand contacts within their phone or across their social media platforms almost every single person, right? And if you use those initial contacts, yeah, they might not be your ideal customer, but you could start getting listeners from that or people who are going to take your book or whatever you're doing, right? Um, But the value of that is you're giving them, like we talked about, an audience to promote to. And the cool thing is as you interview cool people, they almost every single person, I've only had like one person out of 200 ever tell me in the past year, Hey, like I won't be able to promote it now, but they said they'll promote it later. Right. And I 
didn't really care, right? Because they were a billionaire. It was fantastic. <laughs> but most, most of these other people will come to you and say, yeah, let's, um, if you post this, I will promote it for you. Um, yeah. And that allows you to grow your audience quickly and you can leverage their status to grow your status. Because if people start to see you as like, oh, you are friends with Grant Cardone or John Lee Dumas, all of a sudden they're like, oh, apparently Anar is really a big deal, right? So that's, that's what I love about it. Yeah, and um, I think it's really great to have these open collaborations because it's a win-win for both the guests and uh, the host. And I think a lot of these, um, like for example, I, I really love bringing to the show people I personally worked with. And uh, even if they're not maybe as famous as some of the star entrepreneurs that are uh, out there and, and very popular, uh, you get more uh, listeners from those contacts that you have that you work together the, because the conversations are deeper and um, the level of their commitment is also deeper. They really promote. So in that sense, like when I give advice to people about how to do podcasts, I really advise to do things that they're really fascinated about and ask those questions, not because you think someone else will think it's interesting. It's got to be really interesting for you, first of all. Um, yeah, I love that. So, yeah. And uh, for example, one of the things that fascinates me about your business is uh, you're saying that you're helping content creators mostly, right? And uh, how did you pick this podcasting business as your target audience? Why not something yeah. else more? Well, and that's, that's a really good question. I've actually found that if you just start talking about what you're passionate about, your audience will come to you and then you start to realize, oh, that's who I'm supposed to be serving. I really feel like there's a niche of people out there who are just kind of waiting for you. And as long as you're loud enough, they start to come to you and then they'll have really common traits. I mean, when we first started, um, so, you know, I was, I was running a marketing agency. It was becoming really successful. You know, I built it when I was in college and then it paid my way out of college after I graduated. Um, I was starting to see some success, but I was just getting so sick of it. I hated the relationship that I had with people. I loved my customers. I loved marketing, but I just hated the agency relationship because I felt like I was constantly begging for business. And I had a mentor sit down with me and he said, he's like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Let's evaluate it. What are your strengths, your weaknesses? And what don't you like about what you're doing? And it really came down to me, for me, I, I realized I love interviewing people. I love speaking with people and collaborating. That's, that's what gives me life during the day. Um, and I also love not having to work 14 hour days, you know, <laughs> and an agency model, if any of you are familiar with that is one of those where you'll work a lot of hours because you're either fulfilling on the product or you're constantly trying to get clients, right? Right. And there's a lot of different methods to get clients and you can become a millionaire that way. But for me, it just wasn't my, my cup of tea. But when we trans, when I, what I decided to do at that time though, was I decided to sell 90% of the company. So I'm a silent partner in that company still, but I sold it all off to my partner at the time and took a huge pay cut so we could start over. I said, I want to, I want to start from scratch. And, um, at the time I was in a mastermind with, um, Dean Graciosi and he was talking a lot about audience first. And he's like, so first off, pick a topic you're excited about. And for me, I'm, I am an absolute business nerd. 
Um, I, I'm doing my MBA in the evenings just because I like learning about business. It's something that just genuinely interests me. And obviously the paper will be great at the end of it. I may not ever use it, but <laughs> the knowledge is there, right? So okay. I love doing those sort of things. I'm a total nerd about that. I said, I could talk about this all day. So then the next step that we did, he actually walked me through this process that I really love is you need to choose one of three platforms. You either choose the written word, audio or video. It's whichever one you're comfortable with where you can literally just sit down and bust it out. And everybody is comfortable with one of those. Almost every single person, right? And video is obviously like the long-term game for everybody. I think you should eventually get to video because you can get the written word and, and audio from it. Right. But uh, you know, that being said, for me, I realized in our company, or in, in, for me, uh, you know, a podcast was what I wanted to do. And I had spent a lot of time with branding and everything. So we named it the Lucky Titan because it was something people would remember. Um, we ended up, I started off just wanting to interview entrepreneurs like John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur Outfires, right? I just, I basically modeled his podcast, um, did different questions. He kind of has a more structured approach. Mine was more of a, I just want to have a conversation with them. But within the first five episodes, I realized all of these people wanted to work with us. And not as an agency, but they were just wondering what I was doing. I'm like, at this point, I'm a podcaster. I'm like, I don't have a product. I don't have a service or anything. Um, but then as we interviewed those people, I realized they all had a, uh, something in common that they wanted and they all had a similar audience. And so we realized that for them, like most of them were either in the, they had podcasters in their audience or they had YouTubers in their audience or bloggers or vloggers or whatever, right? There's a billion different types of content. But we realized that for us, most people who are listening to our podcast and, and coming to me with questions were content creators. And they were like, how the heck did you get that billionaire on your show? And I was like, well, it wasn't that hard. You know, like I, I have a very simple method. So I just, I went back and tracked it and then sold my first product like that. And it blew up. It's like, wow, apparently that's what people want. And I didn't think it was that hard, you know? <laughs> and, and what I've realized with most people we've worked with is, Everybody has something like that that they don't really think is that valuable, but it's hugely valuable to everybody else, especially your listeners. And for us, all we've done at this point now is we just ask our audience, what else do you want? What else do you want? And then we just keep giving it to them. Currently for us and really where we've, the structure of whole business is about collaborating, right? Is, is creating these joint venture partnerships. And that's a pretty vague term for a lot of people. But for us, what a joint venture partnership means in the online space is about pooling resources. So as an entrepreneur, you don't always have to have the money, right? When I transitioned to businesses, it wasn't about, you know, I, I, I took a huge pay cut. I did not have a lot of money to throw at this, you know? I had a credit That's card right. I could run it on, but nobody wants to get $10,000 in credit card debt, you know? <laughs> and so I decided to start collaborating, right? So every time somebody came on my show, I just said, hey, how about we do a promotion together? Let me promote your product to my audience. And we started getting affiliate commissions off of it, but then I realized, if we started to pool our funds, so in one of my favorite giveaways, or excuse me, my favorite um, joint ventures is a giveaway. But what we do is we basically, all of us have an email list. We all email our email list and we ask them to come and opt in for a sweepstakes. So we'll give away like one studio setup, right? So we'll do a couple studio lights, um, you know, basically enough for a content creator to, be, to start doing video. And everybody wants it, it's a pretty awesome setup, right? But from there, we collect a bunch of emails off of it and then we distribute those emails back to um, all five of the people who are the sponsors of, of, the, uh, of the giveaway. 
And we found that across that and our other companies, as we do these giveaways, we're getting anywhere from 1,000 emails to 150,000 emails every time we do a giveaway. And those emails are hugely valuable because once we've got them into our world, a high percentage of them will end up buying other products from us. And all we do at this point, it's like my whole goal isn't to be the guy, right? I don't have to be the Grant Cardone or Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm just the guy that points saying, hey, that guy's really cool. Go buy his stuff, right? And so for us, like on our email list and everything we do, all we do is segment our audiences. And we say, okay, if they're not interested in joint venture partnerships, they're probably interested in Facebook ads. So we affiliate with somebody where they sell a Facebook ads course or a software or something, and we just send them that direction, right? Now we get a cut of the, the profit. So I know it's a really long-winded answer to your question, but when it comes down to it, as you're, you're growing your company and as you're building your company, the, the quickest way to do it is to just pool resources with other entrepreneurs. And if there was one thing you could take away from this interview, I hope you're thinking about that, is how do I pool money with other people? I think it's amazing. That's why I was just listening and it was like honey to my ears because people don't see always how you can create win-win situations. And they're all around us. And that's why when podcasters start, they always wonder, how am I going to make money with this? And I think what you have are the answers. This is exactly how you're going to make money with it. Um, and also uh, just be open to any kind of new collaborations. Like you don't have to decide ahead of time what exactly this podcast is going to lead to. It all right. depends on your audience, how you interact with them, obviously on your branding as well. I, I love your branding, by the way. I think it's, it's really good. <laughs> and it's very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's very memorable. That's what so we like about it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so when you first started, like you were saying that you, you just followed your audience, right? And um, it, it's easy for you to say because you came from the uh, ad agency background. What do you do as a person who just loved talking about certain uh, passion? It can be anything from knitting to cooking <laughs> or fast cars, right? There's so many right. things that you can start your podcast about. But here's the problem. The business podcasters would have a lot of tools that they already know and employ. Uh, like, how would you tell someone who just started talking about their passion to really talk to their audience uh, and identify their emails and, and uh, even have these conversations about what are they interested in buying kind of things. Even yeah. to do that, the giveaway, you have to have a big preparation before that. Well, and, and you bring up a good point. So there, there's a lot of different methods out there for getting customer feedback. And that's such a boring term to me. <laughs> um, I, I love, and I don't think you can avoid this. You need to be on the phone for at least a couple hours a month with your customers, whether you're just helping them out or you're, you're doing maybe a group thing where you give a, like, one of the things that we like to do is all, um, we have a, a private community. It's called the tribe of Titans. It's actually not on Facebook. We built it um, through mighty networks, which is a third party platform where you, you collect their email when they join your group, right? Um, mm -hmm. But we made it with a specific purpose in mind to help people to start collaborations, right? To get on podcasts or to um, get guests for the podcast. But 
the whole point of that platform though is it gave me a, a platform which I could communicate with my customers, right? And what we do is once a month or once a week, it kind of depends on the time of year, <laughs> but we'll, we'll actually do these things where, where I'll do a workshop. It's just a free workshop. And I'll say, hey, here's how you do Facebook ads or something, right? Here's how you build out a StreamYard profile or something, right? Something that I'm passionate about at the moment. Um, I can affiliate for the product, but what we usually have is we'll have anywhere from 20 to 100 people will show up to these, um, to these workshops. And what I do is I teach for about anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. And then the last little bit, I actually just communicate with them. You know, let's talk about like, what are your needs? What's, what's the next thing, you know? And, and I like to, instead of just saying, what do you want? I say, what do you want in regards to this, right? Uh, you brought up a really good question. Almost every person who I ever talked to to start a podcast, their number one question is, how do I make money with this? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not with sponsorships. Um, everybody thinks they have to get a sponsor. You can make money that way, but that's probably the hardest way to make money as a podcaster. Um, for us, we affiliate for almost everybody who comes on our show. We make a little bit of money that direction, but it's the partnerships that we form there. Um, so, you know, when, if that's their number one question, what I do is say, what is your number one question that comes to providing or uh, generating money through your podcast? Or, or have you been able to generate money through podcasts? What are the four or five ways that you've been using, right? And I'll identify because I don't always have all the answers either. But what we'll find is if we have 20 to 100 people on there, odds are there's kind of a, a common theme that's working for people. And nobody's identified that. And so what we do is we identify, okay, this is exactly what they want. And then we'll literally just knock out a course or something, something small that we can sell for $30 or $100 or something. And we'll, we'll launch that out to our audience just to test it. If it works, then we take that product and we go to other people's audiences, our joint venture partners, and we say, hey, um, one of the easiest ways as a podcaster, by the way, if you've had like 100 people come on your podcast, if most of them are podcasters, you can go back to them and say, hey, you know, I interviewed you a while back. Would you be willing to interview me as I launch this product? Um, there's kind of this space in the universe they feel like they have to, feel, to fill <laughs> when, when you've interviewed them on your show. And so for us, we'll go to them and say, hey, here's this product. We want to promote it. Um, can we come on your show? And usually of like 100 people, you'll have about 80 who will allow you to come on. Um, and you can just promote the product. You already know there's a need for it in the market and you don't have to spend all this time building a product and hoping people will buy it because you already know they want it. All right. I think when you have a specific niche, it's always so much easier to promote project products and uh, to come up with certain courses and everything. So that, I think that's one of the things to think about when you start a podcast or a blogging site or anything, it has to be specific enough then you can have all these ideas that can fit into it right away. Right. So uh, what was the kind of the challenging moment when you just started? For example, like you were saying, you would partner up with all of your guests and uh, uh, you would have to have certain pipeline, I'm guessing, to be able to produce a show at least once a week and also have the, enough time to do some kind of preparation negotiation with them about the promotion and the products that you want to affiliate with. So how did that work out? Yeah. You? So <laughs> great question because it is so the untapped mine of, of guests is LinkedIn. 
people just do not use LinkedIn enough. If you're smart about it, like our method, this is exactly what we do. You can take this. It's not, you know, it's, it's our proprietary method. We usually charge for this. So here you go. Right. Our method, we, all we do, and this is going to blow your mind. We look up somebody who's been successful. So they have a podcast or they're like the Forbes 30 under 30 or something. Somebody we know is going to be really cool. We look at their profile. We find an article or something that they've written recently about a topic that would would be good for our audience. And then we send a very simple message. This is all I say. There's not a big sales pitch in it. I say, hey, your name, right? So let's say we're reaching out to Oprah. She just wrote about entrepreneurship. We'd say, hey, Oprah, um, I just read your article about XYZ, you know, about entrepreneurship. Our audience would love to hear about um, entrepreneurship, your, your area of entrepreneurship um, on our show. Would you be willing to come? It's like a two sentence message, right? And right. just to give you an idea, the reason this works so well is because you're not spamming people. It's an individualized message. It's about an article. They know it's for them. And it's not this big, long message. They, nobody wants to read a big, long message. We literally write one or two sentences. And I kid you not, Anar, we'll literally have of 100 people that we'll send this out to, 98 will respond every time. And it's because it's an individualized message. I mean, the odds of you doing that, like as a marketing agency and reaching out to people, hey, I, I like, you know, I, I do leads for people. Would you want to come? Yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to respond to you, right? <laughs> that is so funny because we just had one of the podcasters who turned into a TV show. Um, and he was talking about this idea that he has a recruitment firms. And he was saying the same thing. When you talk about recruitment on LinkedIn, people don't even open those emails. Oh, yeah. They glaze over. So, exactly. So what he does is he gets them on the show first, and then they talk about recruitment later when they right. ask about what he does for a living, and that's where it comes up. So that, that's really, yeah, that's the trick. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. We have a guy in our audience. Um, he, he, wasn't into poly, he wasn't into anything, right? He was not an online entrepreneur, but he was looking for a job. And he had a little bit of experience. I mean, he had a bachelor's degree, but he wasn't, I don't even know how to put it. He wasn't attractive on paper, right? It wasn't this, oh my goodness, this is the ideal candidate for a job. But what he did is he followed our, our process. He went out and made a podcast about he was in some form of engineering. I don't exactly remember what it was. And then he went to the HR directors of all of these different companies he wanted to work for and asked them to come on his show. And he would interview them about their topic. Guess how quickly that guy got a job? <laughs> Two weeks. Took him like six interviews because yeah. he built the status. They're like, this guy is legit. He's a mover. He knows what he's doing. I and hope he didn't quit the podcast though. I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder I mean, if he's still doing that. that's another thing I want. I do want to address that because I know, I personally know a couple of people who quit podcasting. And obviously, if you went on the platforms and checked out podcasts who have less than five episodes and after that is total silence, right. it's amazing how many people just quit on that. But I don't blame them because it's not uh, an easy journey if you don't know exactly the tools and if you don't have the passion for that area and a clear vision for it. Um, but still, how do you make sure you don't quit? And that's a really good question. That, that's something that we've addressed this a lot with our audience because there are so many people who keep quitting on podcasting and 
I think it has everything to do with managing your expectations. So first off, a podcast is not a business. It's not a money-making tool. It can become that, but that's not the primary purpose of a podcast. The primary purpose of a podcast is twofold. It's to build an audience and it's to, um, and it's to network and networking being the primary reason. So if nobody listens to you, let's say your mom and your grandmother are the two people who listen to your podcast, that's okay. Keep it going because you can interview people all day, every day, and you'll be networking. And that network is where all of the business will come for, for us. I have a, one of my favorite, um, I guess, case study stories of this for us was, was one, when we were early on, I got a bunch of people to come on and then one of the guys referred me to somebody else. So this was like a three tier, like networking totally works. Right. I brought the guy on my show, interviewed him. I think he was like episode number three or number four. His name's Josh Steinley, really high level LinkedIn guy. Um, he's made multiple millions of dollars, but he has a huge, uh, one of the world's best masterminds. And so people who are in his masterminds have to be worth over, I think $10 million or something. And he referred me 40 people from that mastermind to interview on my podcast, 40 people. And it catapulted everything off for us. Right. But then step two for us, we had one of these people come onto our show and she had run a company where she raised uh, funds for mutual funds. So she had raised $8 billion in the past two years. Okay. Huge company. And we at the time had a mastermind going and she's like, I really want to build a mastermind like you and the other Josh's. And I was like, Hey, well, we can do that for you. You know, and we did a done for you mm-hmm. thing for her. it was a multiple six figure contract. And guess what? That cost me no money whatsoever. And if you just keep going and you keep doing the podcast, especially in the entrepreneurial realm, those things will start coming so frequently. You have to start saying no to things. It's pretty crazy. And it's amazingly inspiring because you were talking about all these things that you do proactively yourself by emailing your customers, doing giveaways, having courses for them basically from scratch. Right. And that takes a lot of work. And um, I, I think the next question for me is I'm wondering what's, sort of like the core um the core services or products that you have that are passive income like where you've already finished doing it and you just um invite new people who come on and you get new audiences and also what is your uh so to speak ongoing things that you always do to keep it up so I guess yeah. it's a threefold question because there's a third category. Like what's the complete new thing that you're working on? Yeah. Or, and yeah, that's a really good question. This is something I talk audience. about for years. <laughs> um, we've, like I said, what we do is when we build a product, we bring it to our audience first. So we beta launch every product that we do. And we've launched probably 25 products in the last year, but there's only two that I am hundred percent confident of and they, they stick. And here's why, because in our audience, every time I launch it out, we'll make sales every single time. Every time we get new customers, we launch it to them. And then we've now brought those to other people. But we've, we've found that those are the specific needs they have. So our, our core products that we do, we have a challenge. It's a 30-day challenge that uh, basically helps you get from zero to uh, 100 raving fans within 30 days. It's a 30-day template. I give you scripts, everything to do what we've been talking about here, right? So Right. Getting it, building out a, an audience, right? And then asking them what to do and getting great joint venture partners. And in most cases, you're going to far surpass 100 raving fans, but 
that's the promise, right? <laughs> um, but then from there, we've actually built the Pantheon, which is our core product. Um, this product is basically, the whole point of it is to help you create joint venture partnerships. So it's a course, but I'm the kind of guy, so I've, I've spent over $50,000 on courses online in the past three or four years. And I Does really that hate your MBA? Probably not, right? What was that? Does that include your MBA? No. no if we include education, we're at like, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. That's, it's disgusting, but <laughs> lots of money. <laughs> well, maybe people should because then they can claim they're millionaires at some point. <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to put it this way. You don't have to do that as much as me. I'm just a major nerd. I love learning about that stuff, but um, good question. But so, I mean, basically the, the point of that Pantheon community though is to, it's a course, but I'm the kind of guy where I hate registering for a course and seeing 40 hours of content because I'm never going to do it. And the problem is with most courses, unless you do the whole 40 hours of content, you're not going to understand how to do the method. And so ours is literally, it's three hours of content. Um, but with it, it's, it's giving you a templated process. It's teaching you how to do one of our four core joint ventures. These are the ones that I've tried and tested. We've done at this point, probably 30, 35 different types of joint ventures. And these are the four that I just feel like they pay out every time. So I teach you how to do them. I give you the scripts so that you can go out and, you know, prospect to people. We basically give you lists of people. We put you in a community of people who are looking to do joint ventures. Um, and I, I just wanted to create, it's called the Pantheon because um, that means a gathering of Titans, right? Mm -hmm. Sticking to our motif. Um, right. But the whole point of what we're trying to do is just create one big place where if you're, let's say you're, you're launching a book, right? People who are launching books have the hardest time getting it out to, um, to the world, you know? But if you wrote a book on leadership and you said, okay, I'm going to do a summit on leadership because I want to get a bunch of speakers, build a huge audience, and everybody who registers for the summit also gets my book. You'll sell 20,000 books overnight if you can get 30 people to come onto your, onto your, uh, your summit. And so we give you the templates and everything to be able to do that so that you're not, you're not, having to worry about it. Right. But on top of that, if you, you know, most people will have to hire a publishing company or something like that to launch their book. Um, what we usually recommend is come in, you basically make a listing within our group and say, I'm launching a summit. This is what it's about. Um, and these are the people I'm looking for, right? We're looking to promote to 2 million people through, through this, this summit. Right. And what we found is that if you'll do that, you'll be able to get it at least halfway full, just using our Pantheon. And then we give you the scripts to reach out to anybody else outside of that, like specific people that you want to handpick and bring in. So if you're doing a leadership summit, it's, I mean, you should be bringing in people like Tim Ferriss or Lewis Howes or Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is nearly inaccessible by the way, but <laughs> you can try. <laughs> he doesn't do a lot of third party stuff, but uh, amazing guy. But anyway, so you can't, you can't bring people like him, but you're usually looking for these people or those B level influencers who really have a big following, but they're willing to come and, and be on your summit and you'll sell books like you couldn't believe. And th that's honestly the core of what we do. We have other things that we'll launch here or there and being part of our community means I'm so always going to be. For example, if you're actually bringing such a star to your summit, uh, how much do they usually charge? So what you usually do is you make it free, but then you do a paid option. So basically this, this is a, I'm not the summit guy, <laughs> but, uh, the, the one that's worked well for us is we basically call it a one day summit, right? So you do 10 to 15 interviews of entrepreneurs about leadership, right? You ask them all the same question 
and you're going to get 10 to 15 hours of content. And what you say is, hey, it's a free summit, but it's only available for 24 hours. So they have to watch 15 hours of content in 24 hours, which most people won't do, right? But right. you then give them lifetime access for like $37, $97, something, right? Yeah. Um, depends on what your topic is and who your audience is. I've seen people charge thousands of dollars for these summits um, to get lifetime access to them. So it just kind of depends on, on what your cup of tea is. <laughs> I mean, I think this is such an amazing idea for any topic. Like even I can imagine in project management world, we have tons of conferences, like tons. Right. And now with COVID-19, all of them are moving online. They're moving online quite slowly, but there are a couple of companies who figured out to do it online to begin with. And I think having Summit is just such an incredible way to do it because first of all, you can just focus on some kind of niche topic, not the broad everything project management. And then it yeah. becomes even more so valuable to people who want to have access to it like all the time, anytime, when they want to refer to it. And plus they get a free book, right? Yeah, you could do a book or you could do, I mean, one of my favorite ones for anybody who's watching video, I don't know if you'll post that up, it's the, it's the ClickFunnels 30 Day Challenge. This is like the Bible of summits if you want to know how to do summits. Uh, but, who wrote that? Uh, Russell Brunson. So it's through ClickFunnels. You can actually, I'll just give you an affiliate link. This is how I do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's theluckytitan.com slash click. So yeah. they, they, do a, they do a funnel where, or they do a summit, excuse me, where they, they basically, it's a free summit, but there's 30 speakers, right? Just like we said, but then they do, they give you a physical book and what have you. Um, summits are amazing because if you want to go from a nobody to a somebody, hold a summit. Um, because right. what happens is, you don't even have to have money. You don't have to have a list, resources, anything. All you have to do is organize the event and interview the people. Right. And then everybody who comes on your show or onto your summit, you have them commit to sending out some emails and doing a, a social launch to push their list to the summit. And it's in their best interest because the more people they get, the more people exactly. who see their content. And then you and, get 30, uh, 30 times more your effort, which is amazing. Right. Yeah, you're pooling and, resources. Uh, yeah, and, and I really here's the love thing. this all this uh, information and advice that you're sharing because I've seen a lot of people doing summits before. Yeah, but they don't go and follow up with you giving lifetime access for money. Right, this is just one step you need to add after all that hard work, and then you're making money. And a lot of people miss that step. So, well, and, and here's something, and you bring a great up point in our your typical. So when people come and register for a summit. 30% of them will buy the sum, buy the lifetime access if you make it a reasonable price. Um, we've, so for that ClickFunnels one they do, it's, it's a $97 cost. I've done them for where it's like $37, so it's a no-brainer cost, right? You're like, hey, you know, might as well. That way I don't have to sit down for 15 hours straight, right? <laughs> but the cool part about that is that could be your entire business is running that summit. Because if 30 people or however many people, you can literally do this with five people, but you can have all five people reach out to their audiences, even if they only have 10,000 people in their audience, that's 50,000 people you didn't have to spend a dime to reach. And odds are you're going to make some money off of it. And that's why summits are great. I love doing the giveaways as well because it's just, it's this amazing simple process to collect a bunch of emails and make money right off the bat. 
Right. It's amazing. Thank you so much for all of this. And you're right. doing all these amazing marketing activities with them and the promotions and affiliate programs. So I think every entrepreneur and the content creator should definitely pause some of this video and write it down, make a plan for themselves and start executing. Thank you so much, Josh. And uh, I wish you good luck and uh, uh, many more successes in your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show.